This episode of Brew Bloods is brought to you by Pint Hub. Get your first beer on the house every single day. Download the app and use the promo code BREWBLOODS to get your first month for $1. You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. Brew Bloods episode 130. Back for Brews in the News once again. Can't believe we've done 130 of these. And we should note that this episode is brought to you by Pine Hub. Get your first beer on the house every single day. But yes, we're back on the scene for Brews in the News today. Every day. Every 24 hours. Every Don't 24 hours. We're, we're here. We may not be talking to you, but we're no, here. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking, about the, you're talking about Pine Hub. You get. Yeah. I think it's about we're here for the news every single day. No, we not are. us. I'm saying every uh, time you go to Pine Hub. Oh, every yeah. They're, day. they're here. We're there. Everybody's yeah. here all the time. Use so the promo code, uh, code BREWBLOODS as well. That's right. You Don't forget about month, that. Uh, on the house for $1. $1. On, $1. I guess it's not on the house if you're paying $1, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's close. That's almost yes. on the house. Anyways, if you're in DFW, uh, download the Pine Hub app, and they are coming to more cities very soon. Generic, but yes. Let's talk about uh, the state of Maryland. As uh, you know, I always like to. We're, we are experts on the state of Maryland because of the uh, HBO limited series. I guess they're not very limited, though. The Wire. The Wire HBO was a full series. The series, The yeah. Wire. The it wasn't five a limited series. series. It was a full series. It was unlimited limited. Uh, it was limited in that it was only five seasons. I mean, it was limited to how many seasons they wanted to do. It was limited to 13 episodes for five seasons. But that's normal. Or is it? Well, how many? How many was Breaking Bad? Um, Thirteen for five seasons. Sports. Yeah, that's generic. Well, but yes. The Office. It was twenty-two episodes for ten seasons. No, there was fourteen episodes in season four. Oh uh, well, excuse me. Yeah, there were less than two hundred twenty episodes, but more than one hundred eighty. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Office. We're here. No, to talk we're not. About we're here to talk about the corrupt state of Maryland, uh, which uh, the uh, great HBO series The Wire exposed for they how, how corrupt, corrupt was. Baltimore was. That's yes. right, and it was a documentary. Yeah, basically. But yeah, it did have Michael B. Jordan of Black Panther fame in it. That's true. That's uh, true. So Maryland is, it seems like, uh, they have as many problems as we have in this state with stupid crap beer laws. It seems like Maryland is having many of the same problems. Oh, we have so, so many. last year, the Maryland Congress introduced House Bill 1283. So originally 1283 was a bill that was crafted with the help of the Maryland Craft Beers Association. And it was meant to be a pro-craft uh, beer bill to modernize laws. Well, sure. what happened was it got to Congress and the distributors got in there and they worked with uh, Democratic reps and they they tossed out the law, reshaped it to be what they wanted it to be and said, here's what you're going to vote on and it's going to go this way. Damn Democrats. And Always messing everything Democrats, up. man. Yeah. Make America great again. Exactly. Let's make beer Free market, again, come right? on. Uh, gra- grab, grab beer by the B. Let's yeah. make America great again. But um, So that bill... Essentially, 1283, cut back on the hours that, that uh, new breweries... Well, originally, let me put it this way. Uh, the original bill that the distributor shaped said that the hours that craft breweries could have were extremely limited. It eliminated contract brewing and eliminated collaborating, uh, collaboration brewing wow. between breweries. That's and worse than us. Even though it gave them the ability to sell directly from a tap room. But when the, the Craft Beer Association of Maryland didn't even know that this was happening when they found out they were at least able to appeal and get it to where um, existing craft breweries were grandfathered into the prior laws. But okay. So that law went into effect and this was all designed with trying to get Guinness to bring their new campus, their new American headquarters to the state of Maryland. 
it is worth noting that Guinness never asked for these measures. They never, right. they didn't even know this thing existed until it came onto the books. Right. This is typical corrupt Maryland being Maryland's. Well, well I also want to just note uh, one of the highlights you put from the story is uh, to repeal the buyback provision that requires brewers to purchase their beer from distributors at a markup cost if they exceed the 2,000 barrel limit on taproom sales. Yeah. That is very similar to the Texas bill yeah, that just came yeah. out this last year. So there are two bills being put forward that were debated this past Friday, and so far there's been no... I don't think any voting has happened. They were just debating the bill. So there are two bills, 518, HB 518, and HB 1052, which effectively will both repeal 1283, but um, yes and no. So 518 is supported by the Craft Brewers Association, and 1052 is supported by the distributors and the Senate president, uh, who is a Democrat, Right. And whose family owns liquor stores. So you're so, saying Democrats can also be corrupt? Uh, strangely so, yes. Yeah. There are corrupt people on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> so HB 518, supported by the crap brewers. The points on the highlights of this one are that it will remove all limits on beer production, taproom sales, and take-home sales. Uh, it will repeal the buyback provision for distributors for um, if they exceed the 2,000 barrel limit. It will lift uh, restrictions on take-home sales. It will let... The local cities, municipalities, uh, set the guidelines for taproom hours, and it will allow small brewers like Pedagogues, who we're talking to on Friday, uh, self-distribute, and it will remove the restrictions on contract brewing. Now, 1052, which the distributors claim, oh, well, this is just going to fix 1283. Well, here's what it does. It reduces the amount of annual taproom sales allowed from 2,000 to only 500 barrels, uh, with the exception of Guinness, who's allowed to do whatever the F they want. (laughs) It will directly prohibit so, any contract brewing of any kind. Right. And it will restrict sample sizes at all breweries to only three ounces per style of brown, except for Guinness. Per style of brand. Per yeah. style or brand, except um, for Guinness. But again, like you said, Guinness didn't ask for this, No, right? they did not. It's just something they did to try to lure Guinness. They okay. try, They did it to try to lure Guinness, and yeah. because they are trying to protect uh, local liquor stores and places like that sell beer. It's such BS, and it's worth noting that Guinness has come out when they found out about. They they've come out in very vehement support of the craft breweries. Yeah, they do not support HB ten fifty two at all. Man, that's that's actually pretty cool because Guinness is pretty huge, and yeah, they could definitely not care about that. But the fact that they did that—that's did you say nice. huge like a New Yorker with a Y? Huge. I think you said huge. Huge. That's uh, very rewind huge. the tape. Yeah, I think go you said ahead. Huge. But it is worth noting, uh, Maryland State Comptroller Peter Franchot says, quote, as bad as, House Bill, as bad as House Bill 1283 was, House Bill 1052 is so much worse. Yeah. It would send the message once and for all that our state's government is hostile to our current and future craft brewers and indifferent to the jobs, economic growth, and neighborhood reinvestment they provide. Wow. One of Maryland's great breweries, Union Craft Brewing, who makes the double duck pen, I should note, right. uh, has already stated publicly this bill could jeopardize its future here in Maryland. So if I understand right, that well, we'll take them over here in East Dallas then. Yeah, we'll take yeah. Bring them. Don't come down. I I think uh, Union has come out and said that they um, already regret opening in Maryland, and they might reconsider their position in Maryland if this bill passes. I don't blame them. Uh, As like you said, our laws are terrible, but these seem worse. Yeah, they seem even worse than us, and and that's it's hard to get that bad. Again, you have to ask why. Yeah, like. We're supposed to encourage the moms and the pops. You know, we're supposed to encourage these small businesses. Why? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the same thing here. Um, you know, I don't know if it's well, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but the fact that in Texas the wine and liquor laws are so much more lenient than the yeah. beer laws. I don't understand that. I don't know if that's the same thing in Maryland, but 
It's just, it, it's strange to me that why would, why are people attacking craft beer I know. and beer in general versus the other alcohols? They're all alcohols. They all get everybody equally drunk. Like, it, uh, if that's the concern, I, I yeah. don't know what it is. You know? I, I guess, you know, rather than a rising tide lifting all boats, we're viewing this as uh, all the knives are out. We're going to threaten yeah. each other. Well, I, I mean, this this sounds like there's some, you know, somebody owns a liquor store and yeah. or liquor distribution or whatever, and uh, they're uh, in yeah, power. But, yeah. the, I mean, no surprise the distributors introducing their own yeah. bill. I mean, we've seen that here in Texas. But, uh, oh yeah, you know, the fact that the Senate president, yeah. His family owns several liquor stores. Like, yeah. all right, no surprise. No surprise. Oh, yeah. He's feeling threatened. Um, in sad news, more sad news, um, New Belgium announced on Friday that they're laying off 4% of their staff, mostly uh, which will come from the Fort Collins, Colorado headquarters. Um, that will amount to about 28 people. No, that they, sucks because, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about them because they are probably uh, big craft beer. I still think New Belgium is pretty good. Yeah. I, I agree. They make great beer. Yeah. Um, and they said, uh, rather than attribute it to slumping sales in the press release they uh, sent out, they credit it to, quote, changing dynamics within the craft beer market, which means uh, localization is hurting their brand. No surprise. <laughs> uh, the press release says, quote, beginning in 2013, we expanded our staff to support a brewery of about 40% larger than New Belgium is today. And we haven't yet achieved our goals in the face of changing dynamics in craft brewing. So... That will be about 28 positions across uh, many departments at the Fort Collins headquarters. And it is worth noting that these employees will receive a severance of up to 20 weeks of salary, which is very generous. Oh, that is, yeah. And they will repurchase the employee's stock because um, New Belgium is 100% employee-owned. Right. And they'll repurchase their stock and recycle it back into the pool. And they and it is worth noting also three months ago they consolidated their sales, territor- sales territories and they let off six salespeople then. So, and yeah. What would you say uh, New Belgium's most notable beer is? Um, probably, well... I mean, the, the, I like the Ranger IPA. I like some of the other stuff they do. But what's the one with the bicycle? Fat Tire. That's, Fat Tire. that's New Belgium, right? Yeah, the Fat Tire is probably the number yeah, one, Yeah, I, right? I guess it is. I was... I, I don't know. I always think of the Terroir, terroir series or you know, yeah. La Foley. I always think of those beers first because that's, I guess, that's their more. Yeah, but I mean, if you go to like Kroger or something, New Belgium's going to be Fat Tire, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe the Bigfoot. I yeah. guess even that's not as common as Fat Tire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Fat Tire is like popular in just general culture and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it, to. It's okay. sad. No, it's sad. It just yeah. it, it sucks. Um, but these are the realities of a uh, ultra hyper local market that it people want. Happen local over necessarily what's good and there's nothing wrong with wanting local as we've said many times but well um and also like we've said many times some of the bigger ones like founders and bills and stuff find their way in anyway yeah you know which is nice yeah that they will find their way in but we've also seen conversely ninkasi who was here for a hot moment you got to be a really good uh, big distributor. You got to come in and make a real yeah. impression, like Bell's did. You know, well, Bell's uh, and Founders both. I mean, Founders has had really good longevity. For, you know, yeah, for better or for worse. Like I think Founders had the advantage. They came in early. They came they in did, yeah. hot and early. Yeah, and everybody likes someone who comes in hot. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah, they came in hot and early in this market, and they stayed. Bell's came in with a big promotional splash. And, and Founders and Bell's have Pat- also done a great job, which Ninkasi did not, of uh, bringing all of their brands, mm-hmm. all their specialty brands, in. Yeah. Like Hop Slam just dropped, uh, which I think we might do an episode on reviewing Hop Slam at some point here. Expedition Stout, yeah, anything, anything that they do, and Founders does that too. KBS, yeah. CBS, everything comes here. You know, you you got to do that. And Sweetwater, conversely, out of Georgia, which I was something I was. I mean, we talked about them last year yeah. with their Hoppy Brown Ale. I feel like Sweetwater's failing. Man, I was 
really looking forward to Sweetwater coming here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all you can find, by and large, is their IPA. Which yeah, the 420. Is, is, is a fine IPA. Well, the 420 is a pale ale, right? I can't remember. But in any case, But yeah. anyways, like, we don't get any of their cool stuff here because we just don't. I mean, they didn't come in. They came in, they brought their mix yeah. packs, and they brought their IPA, and that's it. We've had none. Like, they made no other splash, and that's really disappointing. And I think if you're going to... If you're going to beat the hyper local favoritism, right, you got to come in big and hot. Like, oh, yeah. uh, it's just you got to make a big splash in a market like this. But again, to go back to uh, founders and bells, I mean, they have some really notable. They do beers. I mean, you know, Two Hearted Ale. People know if you know about craft beer, you know about Two Hearted sure. Ale. If you know about stouts, you know about KBS. You yeah. know, and in the CBS probably. Most people know about that too. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, even like standard founder stuff is is, is very good. I mean, their IPA is great. Uh, they got a lot of good stuff. But yeah, it, and then Kasi, you know, they were kind of they're kind of a fringe, they're kind of a fringe big yeah uh, brewery. You know, they're not. I, I can understand a lot of people not knowing who they are. Russian River ever came in here, they would blow up. Yeah, they don't want to, I guess. They would. They're not expanding much. But I don't think we can handle that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they can or not, but I, they don't seem to care to handle it. No. So, you know, but I'm saying, I'm saying like, I if, don't know if they have the. Uh, yeah. If they came in here with Pliny, I don't know if they could it would support, blow up. Yeah, you, you know, yes, they would blow up. No I don't know that right now they could support yeah. the Texas market, to put it that way. But yes, yeah, yeah, so they, if they were able to, sure. Yeah. They, they would blow up for sure. wish there was an easier and cheaper way to explore craft beer well with pine hub you get one beer on the house every single day of the month no more balking at the price of that beer you've never tried and you may not actually like but uh, chances are you're going to discover something you love last week dustin and i went to lakewood brewing we opened the app selected our beer and showed the bartender and without a word she poured our delicious delicious temptresses pine hub is only available at participating breweries bars and restaurants in the dallas fort worth area currently but they're expanding to new cities soon so be on the lookout Download the Pine Hub app through the Apple App Store or Google Play. Use the promo code BREWBLOODS, that's one word, BREWBLOODS, when signing up, and get your first month for one measly dollar. Pine Hub, get your first beer on the house every single day. So, Mark, I know you're a big Olympic guy. And, uh, the I'm Olympics the are the Olympics are wrapping up, and I know you're very sad about that. I'm so they're sad. Wrapping up, so uh, sad. Today, actually, as we're recording, um, I don't is know when you're going to hear this, already? but man, yeah, it's it's well, already. You'll be hearing up. this on Monday if you knew our schedule. I don't. I don't know that. We're recording this on Sunday. Oh, okay. The day before this so, episode comes so tomorrow out on Monday is not today. When so. will then be now? Uh, tomorrow. All right. Then. Yeah. Now we know. I so can put down my uh, giant Afro pick in the desert. And <laughs> so apparently Olympians are using non-alcoholic beer as recovery drinks. Unlike us here. Yeah, we're using full alcoholic beer, but yes. High-octane beer. Yeah. Um, so apparently uh, beer does have a plant-derived compound called uh, phenols, P-H-E-N-O-L-S. I'm assuming that's phenols. And, uh, phenols? That does, yeah, phenols, phenols, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that does have an ability to lower your inflammation risk and reduce the risk of sickness. So, basically, the whole idea is they are drinking non-al- non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic beer, 
And they're doing it in a social situation because people like to socialize around alcohol. Sure. That's just how it is. I don't know what you're talking about. And, um, you know, they basically drink that and they recover. They don't get dehydrated from the alcohol, but they get the benefits from alcohol. And they're doing that instead of, like, sugary sports drinks. And apparently it helps quite a bit. It, it does... You know, obviously, if you're an Olympic athlete, you're going to have a lot of inflammation. Yeah. If you're doing a lot of workouts, you're doing a lot of, I don't know, ski and shooting, or you're doing a lot of, I don't know, lifts, or whatever you're doing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the Olympics do, or Olympians a lot do. Of curling? They do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Curlers probably are okay no cross. matter what they do. Curlers could probably be drunk and do curling. I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna diminish it that much. I'm not a curler. I don't know. But I'm going to assume they probably could. But a lot of athletes do a lot of stuff that is very intensive. It's very intense. Burns a lot of calories. Burns a lot of you know. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah, like, laugh at me. <laughs> laugh at me for the generic. I get it. But. Please keep going. <laughs> Athletes do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes, that was a generic uh, generic uh, statement. But yes, they do. Yes, they do. In any case, yes. So my point is, uh, apparently, low ABV beer. They're actually infusing that with electrolytes. Yeah, <laughs> it is what plants crave. And trying to counter out like Gatorade and uh, stuff, which I think is kind that's of interesting. Fair. You know, like. Would you rather drink a low ABV beer that actually has good flavor, or would you rather drink like a Powerade beer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and now I we think, use Pine Hub to do to select my first yeah, beer. Yeah, you can use Pine Hub, right. select the low ABV beer you want, and right. you're good to go. That's right. I'm assuming it works in uh, North or South Korea. I don't. I don't it know. At least but, works in North Dallas. Yeah, it works in Dallas. So maybe eventually it'll work in South Korea. If you're participating in the uh, Olympic trials in North Dallas <laughs> for the Winter Olympics, then you can select your Pine Hub app. <laughs> So what do you think of that, though? You think that's no? I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it kind of it kind of piggybacks on our story a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about non-alcoholic beers are becoming very popular. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that people really do like these. They like the alcohol flavor and the beer flavor uh, beyond just being drunk from it. Um, you know, like we've we've known some people that have had some alcohol issues that still like the beer taste. Yeah, and um, you know, I think that's kind of cool. Like. They're coming out with a couple of non-alcoholic IPAs. They're coming out with some non-alcoholic stouts. Yeah. And as you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had non-alcoholic lagers. They're terrible. Yeah. That's pretty are. much all they've had for the right. most part. Um, so apparently it takes a lot of effort and some brewing magic, quote-unquote, according to the article, um, to actually remove the alcohol from stuff like IPAs and stouts. Yeah. But I kind of like the fact that there's a push to actually do that. I wonder what the caloric difference is, you know? That's a good question. You know, if you have no alcohol in it, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you like IPAs, you like stouts. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be able to drink that whenever you want and not worry about being drunk or not drunk? I mostly just want to use it as a uh, splash in my face, like a, instead of a jug of water, you dump it on your coach's head. I just want to yeah. dump a pint or a, a, ke- a keg full of non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic beer sure. on uh, my coach's head. In victory. Fair enough. But apparently also the youth, the, you know, the whole... The youths. The youths, you know, the the millennials and younger, they're kind of trending to limited alcohol consumption. So right. I think it makes a lot of sense that good breweries are actually starting to come out and come out with good beers that are not alcoholic. Well, I think as... Just an um, I think as we hopefully become a more responsible culture in general. Like, we need to be yeah. more conscious of lower ABV beers in general. Sure. And maybe not physically responsible, just from, you know, beer bellies, but yeah. from a driving and drinking perspective, like, yeah, we should be more conscious of that fact. And I think um, the the more we can do and still provide alternative beers for those perhaps who are driving or don't want to consume as much and yet still be in the party, yeah. you know, party hardy. 
and still feel like they're partying hardy. Exactly. And I think that's important. That's kind of my point on this whole Olympian or Olympian thing. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, you can all hang out and drink a Powerade, yeah. but I think all hanging out and drinking a non-alcoholic beer, that's more social thing you know yeah. it's just that's how it's been you well i would you, love to see like just from a uh especially if it's a zero percent alcohol yeah i would love to see like the effect the the effect on people who are addicts alcoholics yeah. like if they were able to be especially people who are prone to recidivism with alcohol repeat offender repeat offender according to uh what is the coen brothers movie? oh raising arizona Ra- yes yeah so i would like to see like what is the effect if they're able to hold a beer-shaped bottle in their hand and attend a social event and it tastes like beer, can yeah. they avoid collapsing into, you know, it, it shoots abyss or meth? Or yeah, do, do they need the alcohol or do they just like the beer taste? Yeah, can a, they, can they, yeah. does it help them to get past it just by drinking something that right. resembles that? I'd love to know. I would love yeah, to sure. somebody conduct that study. Well, I think it's a good, I actually think it's a good trend. Yeah. Absolutely. So the uh, University of California um, is in our science corners. We have seems like every every week that uh, things are good for you or bad for you. Science corner. Science with Mark. corner with Mark. Uh, yeah. So they the University of California started tracking nonagenarians, which are people that are ninety plus years old. Uh, they started tracking them in two thousand three. They tracked seventeen hundred plus senior citizens. I'm assuming that number diminished over time. Sure. In the last fifteen off, years, yes. as they old people are want to die. Yeah. Or um, assassinate them, yeah. So they tracked, they were trying to figure out what are the habits that let people live longer and not die prematurely. Now, I do have to question the fact that when you're 90 plus years old, what is, quote, prema- a premature death? Yeah. Because isn't everything just a death at 90 plus After years 90, old? After 90, I think you're pretty much just skating on borrowed time. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're old yeah. AF. You should not still be living. <laughs> Um, maybe that'll be different for us when we like hit 60 or 70, 90 will be like the new 40, 20, I don't know, but hopefully. we'll see. Yeah. So they, here are the stats that came out of the study. So according to this study, from the, again, from the University of California, people who drank two glasses of beer or wine a day were 18% less likely to die prematurely. Um, other stats, people who exercised 15 to 45 minutes a day were 11% less likely to die. People who were slightly overweight but not obese were 3% less likely to die. People who maintained a hobby for at least two hours a day were 21% less likely to die. To be a slight fatty and then have a hobby. Right. Uh, People who drank two cups of coffee were 10% less likely to die. So if you wanted to acquire those habits, um, be a fatty who has a hobby, who exercises 15 minutes a day, uh, who drinks two (laughs) glasses of beer a day, and has two cups of coffee, that means you're going, you have a 63% uh, chance less likely to die a premature death. Sweet. That's me, pretty much. (laughs) It's pretty much me as well. Yeah, I drink two coffees a day, I I drink alcohol, I do all, I have hobbies. Yeah, that's... That's totally me. You have a hobby called work? Well, well, that, but I have other hobbies. But it does but yeah. seem like I, I have noticed with my own, you know, senior citizens in my life that having a purpose in life does seem to help quite and a bit. And being sen- a senior citizen. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a young senior citizen, but yes. <laughs> I'm a premature, wear a suit and all I'm a premature stuff, so. senior yeah. citizen, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's some promising. I'm sure next week it'll come out that uh, all, that's ter- all this is terrible and it causes yeah. death. Yep. It causes premature death at 30. Absolutely. So BrewDog have announced, uh, as they're continuing to expand across the entire effing world, uh, they've announced a new Scottish craft beer hotel in Ellen, Scotland. Uh, they acquired a, I think something like three acres, and they're going to build a 26-room hotel that has punk IPA on tap in every room, has a uh, shower beer fridge in every room, <laughs> and uh, they're going to build a new brew house and a new packaging and canning line in that same area. And they said you'll wake up to the smell of fresh beer every day. 
and if you're a participant in the uh, Equity Punk program, you will have priority booking rights. You know, I kind of think they're missing out, though, on this whole non-alcoholic brewery trend. Yeah. Because they do have that nanny state that's supposed to be really good. It's like a 0.5% ABV IPA, I believe it is. Maybe they don't think there's demand for it here yet. But... I don't know. It sounds, it sounds like it's trending that way. So if they could get in now, they might they might see some pretty good sales. They might. I've looked for it just just to try it and can't find it. Got to like I got to pay Stefan to send it to me or something. Let's say you could probably order it for the cost of the beer plus like a fifty dollar vat plus shipping costs to get it over. Well, here. you can't even ship it over here. You got to do it to somebody in Europe and they got to send it oh, to wow. you. So I got to get like Mike Stefan Mike to send it to me. All right. Uh, let's see. Boston Beer uh, has announced a new CEO. This is a short story. The uh, former Pete's Coffee CEO, Dave Berwick, who has been on the board since 2005, um, is now going to be a CEO starting in June. Uh, it is worth noting that the company has seen a 3% decline in sales in the third quarter of last year. Pete's or Boston? Uh, Boston Beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah Boston enough. Beer. Yeah. And lastly, Three Floyds. It looks like Three Floyds wants to expand their facility. They're looking to build a campus. That designers say will rival Stone Brewing in San Diego, which oh, to me is still the best brewery I've ever been to. Uh, yep. Best designed, uh, best tour by far. Yeah. So they are looking to build a new facility in Munster, Indiana, and which is right next to Pawnee. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be over 136,000 square feet, which is more than double of its current size. The uh, new building is described as, quote, a radical overhaul that would include many hyper-modern glassy facades in a campus-like setting and a garden that would sweep dramatically over one of the buildings, effectively submerging it under a man-made hill. Uh, the It is worth noting that this same building has been designed by HKS Architecture, yeah. which is based out of here in Dallas, which are the same morons who designed Cowboy Stadium. Oh, God. Uh, so it's going to have, like, sun in everybody's eyes. Yeah, it's a, they designed <laughs> Cowboy Stadium here uh, to face east and west, which means that uh, the sun, as it's setting, is always in the football player's eyes. Yeah. Even though, before the stadium was built, this was brought up to the designers. Yes. They were promoting the design, and they just shrugged it off like it was no big deal. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they uh, effed that one up big. Uh, the public hearing for the new plans will happen at 7 p.m. on February 27th at the Munster Town Hall. I just want to bring uh, two quick notes, two quick, uh, like, news flashes. The next episode we're going to do is uh, a whole, uh, like, beer and donut pairing with uh, Petacolis. And I want to note that uh, Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme have both launched beer uh, like specific beers that have to be tied to their individual uh donuts so that seems to be like kind of a are a they trend. are they beer are they donut flavored beers or are they well they're beers that have the donut flavoring okay. associated with them so it, it's kind of interesting that that's been kind of like a, a, trend. Know, a little craft beer hipster thing to do which uh, i don't have a problem with craft beer hipster stuff but it, it's interesting that's been the case, but now all of a sudden these big guys are going to pop in and be like, oh, we want to join this too. We have donuts. We, <laughs> we like beer. Let's we have go and do this. Yeah. Well, I guess it's something, I mean, it's something that uh, Rogue and Voodoo have been doing doing for, what, over 10 years now? So. Yeah, true. So uh, Duncan's doing it with a uh, Boston area one, and uh, Krispy Kreme's doing it with a major brewery. So A major being who? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to get my phone back out and read that. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying it's kind of interesting to me that they both, I don't know, to have these big donut companies actually give yeah. a crap about that. Um, when before, I don't know, the crap beer, I don't, I don't know why Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts would care about that, but that shows how popular uh, actually having that pairing is these days. Yeah. Well, people are trying, well, I, I think 
by and large, I don't I don't know how donut donutteries, donut emporiums are doing overall, but yeah, I guess you you have to continue to try to find new markets, no new ways to get into consumers' minds, and uh, you know I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I don't know that I want a donut that tastes like glazed. Uh, I'm sorry, a beer that tastes like glazed donut, but could be good. Not going to deny it. Be interesting. Yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Should be. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Brew Bloods. If you're not subscribed to the show, you should be. It's absolutely free, and you can subscribe anywhere fine podcasts can be found. Through Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, or any podcast app out there. Above all, please tell a friend about us. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us as at BrewBloods on all the social networks or email us at BrewBloodsShow at gmail.com. That's BrewBloodsShow at gmail.com. So for everyone here at BrewBloods, this is Mark saying pros.